We're not talking about zodiac signs. Fuck off. Or chakras or crystals. Or ghosts. Jesus Christ. It's been quite some time since I've made a podcast, uh, but things are starting to go back to normal. Today is Monday, February, uh, oh Jesus, what what's today? I'm, I'm going to, yeah, Jesus, I should, I feel like I should know this, this is pitiful, um, it's like the 15th or 16th, something like that, no, 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 it's the 20 it's the 21st that's what it is yeah yeah but i can't remember what i talked about in the last podcast uh i i got a job with amazon in case i didn't mention it before i'm officially a delivery driver for amazon which is far superior than my last job by a lot like, it really puts things into perspective. Amazon is the number one business in the world for a reason. Is, that, is it Amazon or Apple? That's the number one business. Either way, Amazon kicks ass. They treat their employees right. At least the drivers. I, I can say that much. I've heard some horror stories about people who work in the package warehouse, where all these where all the packages are. You have to rush around. They're very, they're very strict with like bathroom breaks because they, people, have prime and they want to get those items out, like yesterday, you know. But as far as being a driver, it's, it's quite lovely. It's very sophisticated. But my last delivery job set the bar very low, so I'm just I'm automatically impressed. But. Uh, also, today's the day I put my television in storage and I turned off my Wi-Fi. The only device that gets internet is my laptop so I can continue coding and I guess occasionally put a podcast out. But that's it. And so far it is boring as shit. But I, I already have been reading more, so that's good. And I took a break from coding for about a week as I was trying to figure out this new job situation. But things are finally going back to normal. Um, oh, man, the best part about working f- for at least this... So I'm not technically working for Amazon. I'm working for a company that delivers Amazon packages. But ultimately, Amazon calls the shots about like who can stay employed, who can represent Amazon because we wear Amazon uniforms and stuff. So, yeah. We like work with Amazon. That's a better way to put it. But we go to work at 11 a.m., which is, oh, my God. The last job, I had to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And for people who know me, I am not a morning person. I'm better than I have been. But, oh, man, let's... Let's let this plane go away. You can probably hear that. It's pretty loud. 
That's the best part. Just not having to set an alarm. Oh, man. That's all I ever wanted. Anyway. Um, oh, man. I didn't even mention this yet. I'm trying to apply for a second job. Um, there's a few possibilities. The, the most likely one... Uh, there's this other job that I looked at and was kind of concerned about it, but at the same time intrigued. And this job is to go to houses and pick up dead bodies and drive them to funeral homes. And all kinds of dead bodies, too. Like COVID victims, suicide victims, murder victims, old people, young people. Any sort of dead body. And I'm a little nervous if I decide to take this job. Um, I'm, I'm worried if it'll change me. Like my personality. Like what if I get really into... Marilyn Manson or something. I just become more gothic. Maybe not, not maybe not to that extent, but I'm sure when you're seeing dead bodies regularly that that changes you in some way, right? I'm hoping the way it would change me would be my relationship with mortality and understanding that we all die, and it's time for me to really start focusing in on my objectives in life. I'm hoping it would change me for that, you know, for the better, but I can't be certain, you know, what if I have to wrap up some corpse that blew his head off, and I see, I'm like witnessing bodies that aren't in their complete form, that I like I've seen videos of that and it, it that bugs me but to like see it in person and smell themselves when they shit apparently that's what happens I don't know if South Park was just being funny or if that's actually true where people tend to shit themselves after they die uh, I guess we'll see um, it'll be an interesting job for sure but you know I am a, a little worried I'm curious though that's the thing like I don't have to work at this job this is a second job the first one pays well enough to where I don't technically need another job but I'm really just wanting to save up and get going with getting a van and all that stuff that I mentioned in previous episodes but but something about it intrigued me, you know, because it doesn't seem like a job that's that's sought after. I don't see many people lining up to to work for some company that picks up dead bodies. Unless you're like a necrophiliac or something. Oh, God, what if I find out something about myself? Like, jeez, no, 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 we don't have to. Ah, no, we're not even, no, no. 
but it'll be interesting. That's that's kind of the main reason I want to try it out. Just because it'll be interesting. I would That's that's really all it takes for me <laughs> to work somewhere is is it going to be interesting? I don't think I'll be bored. There's always like I'm going to have a racing heart the first time I walk in on a dead body. I've never I don't think I've ever seen a dead body that wasn't in a funeral home, you know, that wasn't worked on or filled with formaldehyde. I don't know what they stuff dead bodies with to keep them from smelling and shit. But I've, I've never actually seen a dead body outside of a funeral home. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty true. Like, yeah. So it'll definitely be strange the first probably couple times. What, what, what's even stranger is, like, eventually becoming desensitized to it. I'm curious to see, like, the kind of people that work at, like, at a place like this. See what their personality is like. Like, did, it, did the job make them this way? Or is this just the kind of person that gravitates towards this kind of job? We'll see. Anyway... I decided since I don't have a television and I don't have Wi-Fi, but I have alcohol, that I would do another drunk cast. Ooh, you excited? I am. Typically, when I get drunk by myself, I play a racing game on my PlayStation and get hammered. Lately, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto and getting hammered. It's so fun. Online. Online, man. I can't believe I never really messed with it until recently. Ooh, that's a great sound. I have four Miller Lights that I'm going to drink. Miller High Lifes. Um, that's more than enough. All I had today was a protein shake. And I guess some Reese's cups, Reese's peanut butter cup. That's it though. I I have not consumed much today. Also had boba, matcha green milk boba, green tea milk something like that. It was good. It's okay. Whatever. <sighs> but yeah, cheers, baby. That's cold. I don't like beer that's too cold. I've sort of set the temperature on my refrigerator a little colder. I like, I, I like, I don't like beer that's super cold, but I like milk or water that's really cold, like almost icy. Like it almost has a slushy texture to it. Especially if you leave it in the very back. It's, it's colder back there. But, yeah. I'm wearing my jacket right now because I was cold earlier, but now... Mm, oh, no, I'm going to leave it on. I felt the breeze as soon as I took it off my shoulders. But I'm placing my microphone in a new place right now. And I'm going to... Hopefully the, the audio is fine when I'm done with it. I... And when I'm drinking, I may forget to keep my mouth 
forward on the microphone, <laughs> but we'll see. Either way, this this is gonna get published. Or I think it's been like over a week since I last made a podcast. Beer sucks. Miller High Life is so cheap. Um, a four pack is three bucks, and a twelve pack is seven bucks, something like that. But I was I was getting seltzers, a twelve pack for like fourteen bucks. But so, so a twelve pack of Miller High Life, it's half that. It's like they want you to be fat and. They want you to be a fat alcoholic. That's why I stopped drinking beer, because I was getting fat, bro. But I mentioned that before. I hope I don't make too many weird mouth noises as I drink. Some people, like me, it's I kind of like it. I'm, a, I'm one of the weirdos that like to listen to ASMR videos. When I go to sleep, because it's 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 kind of meditative, honestly. It's kind of therapeutic. It relaxes me, gives me goosebumps. I like when some stranger whispers in my ear. I can't explain it, but it's something I've always liked since I was a kid. If someone's eating something in a particular way, it doesn't bother me. It it's the exact opposite. Some people are grossed out by it. They can't hear it. The smacking sounds, but a lot of times for me, it's like I stop what I'm doing just so I can focus in on it. it. It's strange. I know. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's how I feel about it. There's a few noises that bother me. I don't like overt smacking sounds. <laughs> I used to exclusively watch ASMR videos of people eating. I wouldn't watch so much as just listen but some people would go too hard on the paint man one person was eating hot wings but just sucking on every part and it just it got to a point where it was like it was overstimulating where my back would curl like whoa this is too much so I had to dial it down and now I, I pretty much just listen to people whisper Kind of like that, and it, it works. I, it, I'm i very relaxed when it happens, and, it, and I'm not picky either. I'll listen to a girl or a guy, honestly. They both have their advantages. Women, you know, they, they're, uh, whenever they do it, it's a little, I guess, more reminiscent because it's more nurturing feels more nurturing, I suppose, when I hear a woman whisper in my ear. But a man, a man has very, typically, when when they do ASMR, they, tip, they do it because they know they have a good voice, a good, like a lot of resin in their voice, good vibrations. And that's, you know, that's relaxing too. So I, I'm not picky. know what to talk about I thought I had a lot to talk about because a lot's happened in the last week 
I've, I've taken a break from coding. I, I got a new job. I may get another job where I fucking pick up dead people, man. Part of the interview is being able to deadlift 160 pounds. That's part of the interview. Or, like, that's before the interview, where they're going to see if I can lift 160 pounds and carry it to a certain place. Oh, man. I, I really don't know what to think about that job. If it pays well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going, the interview's tomorrow. I'm definitely going to hear them out. It doesn't seem like they're they're in a rush to like vet me that much. It seems like they're eager to get people. That's how the phone call felt. Basically, can you breathe? Can you lift? All right. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow for an interview, but it's not gonna be an interview. Well, you you basically got the job. You just gotta come in, say you want it. I think it. It's it's a weird job because because you're not just on the clock. Like you don't just clock in and go and pick up dead people. You have to wait for people to die. So, you're just on call from there's like three different shifts, but I chose the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. shift. Like that's what I told them I would be willing to do. And uh but it's really you just wait for them to to call you and say hey get over here we got a we got a dead granny who choked on a chicken bone i don't know but and then you have to be at the at the where at the main building within 15 minutes of getting the call and then but you're on call for 12 hours okay and I I don't remember exactly what they were saying about the pay. It sounded like you're not getting paid much. They said something about like depending on the death, like what kind of death it is. Like if, if it's a COVID death, that pays the most. Where I think it's like fifty bucks for the day. I don't know if like they said fifty dollars for a COVID death. I'm wondering if that means like I'm getting paid $50 per dead body I pick up or if it's $50 for the day if it's $50 for the day that is not worth being on call for 12 hours you know I think as you're on call you're getting paid like maybe Two fifty an hour or something, like a small amount. But when you when a body needs to be picked up, that's when you get paid like thirty to forty to fifty something like that. But I'm hoping it's per body. If it's per body, you know, and COVID's going on, you know, I can be picking up four dead bodies a day. I hope it's like that. <laughs> it, it, that's the only way. A job like this would seem worth it. Otherwise, if I'm just waiting for twelve hours a day to just make thirty dollars, no, I, I'm I'm not gonna take this job.
And because, you know, I can't make plans for 12 hours. And the job is dealing with dead bodies. That is not worth $30 a day to do nothing. To just wait for a phone call. No. But I may do it if there's like several bodies to be picked up. And each body I get more money. Something like that. I could... I'd be willing to smell some shitty underwear for that. Oh man, I'm, this is. A, I don't. I hope this isn't unhealthy for me to like take a job like this. Like, but the thing is, the way I've always like. Let me take a beer real quick. The something I've, I'm trying to be more mindful of is whenever whenever something seems like the obvious answer i i want to challenge that you know and working for a job like this where you go to some random house to pick up a dead relative and drive it to a funeral home it seems like the obvious answer is that that is going to be bad for your health your mental health to just be seeing dead bodies all the time that it feels like that would be the obvious response to most people. So whenever I sense that, I want to then challenge it. I just want to see, maybe not, because there's so many things that seem like the obvious answer that that just, because it, it feels so obvious, it's probably not right, you know? Maybe maybe I'm wrong, you know. Maybe this is this won't be the case, but I would like to find out. You know, I could be instead of doing a job like this, I could have just taken a job at a gym, or Walmart or something. But something about this job just intrigued me. Okay, I. The thought. Of going to a house to pick up a corpse. Is interesting to me. I'm just. That's, that's, I'm sorry. That's just what it is. I think it's a little bit of my contrarian coming out, too. Because I know for a fact most people would turn this down in a heartbeat. So I want to be the the different one to be like, ah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, but it'll, I'll definitely have some stories to tell. I don't doubt it. I probably, it's probably the kind of thing I wouldn't mention on a first date. Like, yeah, I was sort of like a grave digger. No, or undertaker, or I don't know, whatever. I don't even, what is an undertaker? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't feel like Googling it right now. Man, beer is so hard to chug, especially when it's freezing. My teeth hurt. I have sensitive teeth. I hope I can do four beers. I'm already 23 minutes in, and I feel like I have. I'm only. I'm only on half a beer out of four. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll mention more about that job if I decide to take it, and I'm doing it for a while. Other than that, yeah, I mentioned earlier today was the day that I put my TV in my closet and 
I limited my internet to just my laptop. So my iPad doesn't have internet, my phone doesn't have internet, and my phone, I only give it five gigabytes of data a month. So I have to be super conservative on that. Because you can go through a gigabyte fast. And I'm hoping doing this. Oh shit, I'm gonna sneeze. I'm gonna sneeze. Oh man. That was cute. Oh, my nostrils is clear again. I have the weirdest sneezes because I try to fight it. I hear that's dangerous to do that. But whatever. Um, yeah, I'm hoping. I can be more productive now that I don't, I've severely limited my distractions. I spent the last hour just laying on my bed, being bored. Like, I didn't even know what to do with myself. Like, shit, uh, I read 30 pages, uh, still haven't coded yet. I'll, I'll start tomorrow. I'll get back on that tomorrow. I played guitar for the first time in a while. See, I'm, I'm finding new ways to stimulate myself. Or not new ways. It's shit I've been doing, but I'm just doing the better stimulants more. You know, the healthier ones. Uh, yeah, coding, music, reading. Uh, other than that, I don't know what else I could do. Make a podcast. Make more podcasts. Yeah, there we go. Work more. I think that's something, too. I feel like I'd be more inclined to work. Like, go to work. Have a job. And be less... Or be more enthused to go to it. <gasps> oh, man. I'm sorry. I hope. I, I mentioned before, I think, that... So, like... In November, I I decided to limit my work days to three days a week, where I was getting roughly 30 to 36 hours a week of working, but and I would have four-day weekends. Now, I'm trying to reverse that, where I'm basically working every day. I'm currently working three days with Amazon, but I think they're getting ready to give me a fourth day, and with this job... This other one, we'll see. But I'm, I'm trying to reverse it and see how I am. Like, how I treat myself when I'm not working. Like, will working every day give me, like, help me sustain the momentum to continue working when I'm home? I think that was the biggest issue when I had four-day weekends is I, I lost the momentum. Like, I have four days to do nothing or to do anything. and But a lot of those days were spent doing nothing. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I just lost the momentum. But if I can just keep that going every day and keep on a solid schedule, maybe, maybe something can happen. And also, I'll make more money. So that's always a plus. <clears throat> I'll try this dead body thing out. 
for maybe like two weeks and see how I feel. That's that's me thinking about the money aspect, though. You know, it could freak me out the first time I see a dead body and like, nope, never mind, fuck this, nope, 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 nope. Like, what if my first body's like a suicide victim? Where they, like, left a shitty note to their family. It was like, oh my god, damn. I, I'd never seen a body look like that before. You know, if they hung themselves and their faces all bloated. Like, Jesus, I don't... <clears throat> I mean, a part of me wants to see it, you know. It's... I feel like we all have that impulse, to an extent. Like... The urge to see something fucked up. I feel like that's in all of us. The best example I can use for myself is... I kept seeing on Twitter about some video where... I didn't, it didn't really specify what it was, but people kept saying, whatever you do, don't go watch yada yada titles on Google or whatever. And immediately I was like, okay, I gotta watch this now. Because everyone's telling me not to. Like, okay, it's going to be good. Like, or horrible, which, you know, also means good. <laughs> and it was, it was, it, I found it, and it was awful. I, I wish I didn't see it, but I still had to see it, you know? Like, I, I have a friend who will sometimes send me a link on Reddit, and it's a f- I know it's going to be a fucked up video, but because the link is there, I have to click on it. I, 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 my brain won't let me ignore it. I have to see what it, what it is. It, I'm not going to go looking for it unless, unless people keep telling me not to. But I, I don't go looking for those videos. But if it's sent to me, god damn it, I'm probably going to watch it. Uh, that one video on Twitter that people kept saying not to look up, it was a video <clears throat> of some teenage kid video uh, recording his suicide. And he, he, he used a shotgun to do the job. And what was the most disturbing part, not like him shooting himself in the face and... You're, you're seeing a head, or you're seeing a bottom half of a face missing its eyeballs and skull. That's, that's messed up, for sure, visually. But the, the thing that stuck with me the most was before he did it, he yelled out to his mom and dad. He was like, Mom, Dad! And then just pop. That, that one, that's the part that, oh, God. Like, and the video kind of ended pretty quickly, but if it kept going to where, like, the parents came in and were reacting to it, that part would have disturbed me the most, probably. <sighs> so, I, I do have my concerns about looking at dead bodies. It, well, it's different, though, because... The videos, when you see the videos, you're you're watching the actual thing, like happen. But for this job, you're 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 only you're looking at the post 
death. You like, you know, you're looking at the result of what happened before. You didn't actually see what happened. I think that's the part that's the most disturbing, like witnessing the event take place. But if you're just seeing the dead body, maybe it'll be different. Maybe. I don't know, but maybe I'll find out. I am nervous, honestly. It's it's a job that I'm nervous about getting. You know, most times uh, when you're nervous for a job, you're nervous that they won't hire you. But I'm more, I'm nervous that they will. <laughs> and, oh man. There's another video that was I watched yesterday because my, my friend sent me the video. It was some guy. He was naked on a balcony because he was banging someone's wife. And you don't really need, like, you don't need, a like, a description of what happened. Like, you can just watch the video and you know exactly what's going on. It's a dude that's butt-ass naked or buck-ass naked, however you say it. Uh, and he's hanging He's like, he's on the outside of the balcony, kind of just leaning, kind of waiting to see what happens. And you can hear a woman scream in the apartment as if like, oh, we just got caught. Something like that. And then you can tell he's frustrated after that scream because he like bangs his hands on the balcony like shit. Like, you know, when you get angry or something like fuck. So that, that, that's how he was responding. Like, oh, now I have to do this thing. And the thing he did was try to, it was a three-story building, by the way. He was on the third story, at, at least. And he jumped. And you can tell he wasn't trying to kill himself. But in his head, that was the only method of escaping, was to jump off the balcony. And he, he landed on a car. Like, you know he was... He was trying to land as safely as he could. But he landed on a... It was three stories, and he landed on a vehicle. And his legs were noodle legs. Like, you immediately saw his legs just buckle. And they were... Oh, God, man. And... But I had, I rewatched the video, and... My... I was, I was like, why not... Like... Take the ass beating. Take, like, risk going back inside and getting the shit kicked out of you or even possibly killed. Because jumping off a three-foot balcony, I think the probability of dying is pretty high at that point, no matter what you land on. But my thing is, like, why not try to jump on the balcony below you? And then just slowly jump that way. Like, that would have been in my head. I I hope. I didn't really realize it until I watched it a second time. So, I don't know what's going on in your head when you're... When you have nothing... Like, like this guy's... The, the husband was probably on his way outside to confront the guy in some way. So, I bet the cheater or the guy helping with the affair was not thinking as quickly as he probably could have, you know. But 
Man, this is a very dark episode. <laughs> I was hoping this would be a fun one because I'm getting drunk. I need to finish this first beer first. Ugh. But I was, why am I bringing this up? Oh, because we all have a secret urge. We say we don't want to see something. But deep down, I think we kind of do. At least for freaks like me. I, I just can't help it. If, if, it's, if it's in my reach, I'm going to look at it. That's how it is a lot with like private photos and videos of people we probably know. and Or like when a celebrity's photo gets leaked. We all claim that we never looked at it, but... M- most people who said that probably did. We just got to see, you know. We got to see the thing we're not allowed to see. That's kind of how it is. We like being a little naughty, especially if we know we won't get caught. Ugh, man. Miller High Life. It's probably one of my favorite beers out of beer. Which is already shitty. But, man, I really hope I can do four. I'm having a tough... It's... I'm 37 minutes in, and... Uh... Okay. I'm gonna... I'm gonna try to chug the rest of it. I've always had a problem chugging beer. Even in high school. We would always have these chugging things going on at house parties, but I could never do it. And I always watch my friends shotgun beers and stuff. Like, how the freak are you doing that? I, it's just, I could do it with, like, soda or something, but I can't do it with beer. How do you do that? How do people do that? Shotgun a beer. They do it in seconds. What the fuck? What am I doing wrong? I think I'm not allowing myself to become acquired to the taste. I think that's my issue. I can't, for the life of me, acquire the taste of beer. And I've been drinking it for over a decade. Yeah. Probably started around 14 or 15. Ew. God damn it. Beer is like... If piss was flavorful, you know? If you're going to drink the best tasting piss, it's beer. Still piss, but it's the best tasting piss. That's what beer is to me. Oh, now that made it worse to try to drink. It's weird how, like, whenever your brain... Whenever you allow yourself, your brain to interpret something in a certain way, and now it's harder to consume it. Like, whenever you describe a f- certain food, like make a comparison to something gross, you're like, man, I was just enjoying this. No, I can't. Let's see. What can I talk about? I I'm 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 eager to see 
what my days will be like from henceforth as I don't have a television. I was you know, I was kind of upset with myself because I was in the middle of watching the Lord of the Rings trilogies. And I finished the first one. I started the second one and then I put my TV in storage. Like, ah, damn it, I was so close. I, fit, I also watched The Hobbits before Lord of the Rings, so I finished all The Hobbits. So I watched five, four Tolkien movies, four Hobbit movies. <clears throat> but um, I told myself, no, the TV's going in storage on Monday. And, like, there's so many movies I've been wanting to see, so I can't just finish Lord of the Rings. And I'll be like, well, I also wanted to watch... Grand Budapest again, or the house that Jack built. So, I just said, nope, it's gotta go. It's going in storage. I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings. I apologize. Don't be so proud of me. Because I, I never watched Lord of the Rings growing up. But one day I finally decided, like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to give Lord of the Rings a shot. It's a, it's a, it's a instant classic, you know? Uh... It's so embedded in society, in our culture. Like, everyone knows Lord of the Rings. Kind of. So, I, I, I was wanting to watch all the franchises. You know? Like, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Star Wars is the one I cannot get into. I've tried so many times. That's the one I tried the most with, was Star Wars. But I still cannot finish them, for the love of fuck. Uh, Lord of the Rings was pretty easy to sit through. And it's it's definitely my favorite franchise out of the big ones. Harry Potter, it took me... It took me like three tries to get into it. But I finally sat down here, living here in Utah, and gave them all a shot. I bought the DVDs. And I watched them all. And I like Harry Potter. It's great. I tried watching Be uh, Fantastic Beasts. Could not get into it. Couldn't. I was very bored with it. Uh, but Harry Potter's great. It's lovely. But Lord of the Rings is better. Star Wars, you can piss off. And... I guess maybe I could try Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, maybe. We'll see. What are some other ones? That might be it, honestly. I mean, obviously there's like the Hunger Games and shit like that. All these book adaptations. But uh, I'm going to stick with these ones. But not anymore. I have nothing to do. So I'm hoping I can entertain myself um let's see what can we talk about i feel like it's been a fairly slow podcast thus far and kind of dark <clears throat> how can i lighten the mood um let's see let's see oh yeah i got one more step let me do this okay First beer's down. Ooh. Oh man. That sounded like a 
like a creeping thunder. That's what that burp sounded like. It's like the thunder you can hear from afar, and you can tell it's getting ready to crack, you know? Like, oh shit, it's coming. Boom! Something like that. But the crack never happened. It was just a creep. I have very strange burps. Sort of on purpose. I like, I don't know, my burps sound very demonic. (laughs) People are always like, dude, what the fuck was that? Was that a burp? No, it was like a, a devil growling. That's what that was. If I if I can get a burp like a better a better one, I'll I'll show you what I mean. Need to drink a little more though. Forty four minutes in, and I'm still talking. That's weird. This will probably become one of my longest podcasts when when it's all said and done. We'll see. We'll see. I'm only on beer two. But cheers, mate. I don't think I don't think dealing with dead bodies will make me a negative person. Like a more gloomy person. I really think a lot of that has to do with just the way you use words. That's a that's a big factor that kind of gets overlooked when it comes to like being depressed or something. Obviously there are people like chemically depressed, genetically depressed and can't really do much about it. Ooh, there we go. See that? It's like a devil growling, wasn't it? But, uh, there are some people who are depressed because they, they did themselves a disservice by using certain words when they should have replaced it with a better word, you know? That's, you know, like, what's a good example? Like, kind of some simple, like, Jesus uh, instead of saying you have to do something, re- rephrase it and say, like, you get to do it, things like that. And instead of looking at the negative side, focus on the positive, like, look at the opportunities in- instead of the setbacks. Um, so, okay, let me, let's talk about this real quick. Um, the last, remember a, a few weeks ago when I was talking about, like, I'm waiting on some news and the results of this news will dictate whether I like stay in Utah or have to move back to Texas. So the news about that was I was I was waiting to find out if I was going to be a father. And I was shitting my pants for like three weeks waiting on the results. I took a DNA test. It eventually came back negative. And I wasn't the father. But for three weeks, I was convinced that I was. Like, the kid looked like me. I, I couldn't deny that we had very similar traits. And the mother, d- before we took the DNA test, she, she did like this facial recognition test. It's like not as accurate, but it was like an official thing. <laughs> like something you had to pay for and... All that crap. Maybe I shouldn't say official, but it was it was supposed to be very reliable. It had good ratings and reviews and stuff. But it gave me a one hundred percent facial like match. And at that point, I was like, "Yeah, I I I I think I agree." 
so, like, that was the first week that that happened. And the second week was we were waiting to have the DNA kit sent to both of us because we live in two different states. And that took a little while. And then the last week was just waiting on the results. But, but the, throughout those whole three weeks, those, those three weeks, I was 100% pr- preparing to be a father. Like, I, I put a hold on all of my plans to go live in my van and things like that. Like, I was getting ready. I was already looking at apartments for back home and jobs that are available and things like that. Like, I was convinced I was moving back to Texas as soon as I got the, the results. And so this whole time, I I was only, I was pretty much only looking at it in a positive light. Like, instead of looking at it as a setback, I was seeing opportunities. You know, like, I have a chance to raise a child and instill in him values that I wish were instilled in me as a kid. You know, as I was preparing to be a dad, I was looking back at my own childhood and realizing how unstructured it really was and wishing I had more of a path set out for me. Not necessarily like a path other people wanted to have me go down, but path in a sense where I was encouraged to be curious about things and keep trying things until I found something that worked for me things like that you know like like learning how to have a love for reading and the value of reading books and uh, maybe learning a language or instruments or something like that and I'm sure like I'm sure a lot of parents say that to themselves before they actually have the kid. You know, like, oh, yeah, when I have a kid, I'm going to teach them how to be Einstein, something like that. But when the kid actually comes, you're you're exhausted all the time, and you're like, fuck, I'll get to it tomorrow. I can't keep doing this shit, you know? So I'm sure there would there would have been a lot of that. Um, but the point is, the way I was preparing to be a father was almost all positive. Obviously, I was stressing out, uh, but I was, I was, I went to Barnes and Nobles, and I was buying books more catered to kids, because I was imagining, you know, like, what's a book I could read that I would like, but also could read to a kid, like, when he's going to bed or something. So I bought the Grimm's fairy tales books because I, I've always wanted to read those, but it would be great to like, like that's, there's my chance. There's my window to read this book because I can read it to a kid and things like that. And, but I think the fact that I was doing that, you know, it, if he, if he did turn out to be my kid, uh, I would not have been as stressed out than other than like if I if I was like ignoring it and like trying to re- convince myself that nah that kid's not mine things like that then I would have been 
more devastated to find out that the results were positive, you know? And uh, so that it's just a, you know, mental framing, and it, re it really helped. That's the point, you know? So and what was the point I was making? A lot of a lot of depression comes from the way we frame things and interpret things. And I feel like when you're young, depression is almost sort of like a trendy thing. You know, it, it seems possible that you can very likely manufacture your own depression because you sort of see it as like a an identity. Yeah. It be, there's something about depression that sort of makes people feel sophisticated, you know? Because we're always told that the smarter you are, the more likely you are to have depression. You know, the more intelligent people suffer from depression because they're, because they have a more realistic lens of the world. But the way I see it is, if you're so smart, why aren't you happy, you know? Why can't you just figure out how to be not depressed if you're so intelligent, right? That's probably the best way to look at that. But we will we'll hear something like, yeah, they're just, statistically speaking, people with higher IQs are more likely to abuse drugs and become depressed. Uh, but... But it still has to do with framing, you know. You can look at the world as realistically as possible and still be happy. Or maybe maybe happy isn't the best word, but content. At the, at the very least, indifferent. I think that's kind of what Buddhism uh, teaches. Is sort of like how to become indifferent. And that's, that's kind of always how I've sort of been. I've never been a, a chipper person. But I've also never been a sad person. I've, I've always had a very mild response to things. Not all things, but most things. Would, whenever people expect me to like, why aren't you more happy? But why aren't you cheering right now? It's like, uh... I am. Like, I'm happy on the inside. I don't, I don't always have to show it. But at the same time, you know, I I don't want to get too certain about something and then end up having it not happen, and then I'm devastated. You know, that happens, too. And uh, so it's, it's better to just have an indifferent response, a mildly positive one. I think that's that's... Nice. I, I don't know. Is I think it's going good for me. It kind of uh. So, it, it it I don't know if it helps much with relationships. That's always kind of been my biggest criticism. Whenever I'm in a relationship, is that I don't really show my emotions, even though I'm I've always kind of been pretty open with them. Um, my face doesn't really represent how I feel a lot of the times. And that's that can be a problem. 
the I've been described as phlegmatic once. And if you don't know what the word phlegmatic means, it means unemotional. Like almost kind of stoic. And uh, I, I won't go so far as to call myself stoic, but unemotional for sure. Stoic is it's a it's a more positive term to use, but I don't want to. Maybe I'm stoic. I don't know, but I don't want to call myself stoic. You know, I don't, it's like calling yourself like incredible or brave or something. I don't know. I let other people call me stoic, but I won't call myself stoic. Even though that's sort of the mindset I I strive for. Ugh. You know, like it, it's kind of like. I don't I don't believe in a god or anything, but it's cool to behave in a way where like there is a stoic god out there and every time something every time there's an obstacle in your life, you you look at it like, "Oh, the stoic gods are looking down on me." You know, he's sending me this challenge. How can I how can I accomplish this thing? You know, it, it's every negative experience is a challenge given by the stoic gods. It's kind of a cool way to look at it. That's why I do believe, like, even though I guess I'm technically an atheist, I call, I'm, I'm like an agnostic atheist. Uh, but I do agree with the claim that humans do think religiously. And even atheists they still have a re religious mindset and and you it be, because like because religion religious behavior you know that's been recorded thousands of years back you know remains suggests you know we had burial sites before we were homo sapiens like people were practicing rituals before we even had a society is what these remains tell us. So that tells you like there's a lot of religious thinking and like genetic memory goes back 20,000 years ago at least. So we have the genetics of people who were behaving religiously. So it, it makes sense that people think in a religious fashion even if it's not necessarily directed towards a god. But you can call capitalism a religion you can call socialism a religion humanism a religion any sort of ideology is the it, religion and ideology are pretty synonymous you know they're largely the same thing and and you, you see that a lot with uh like far left protesters especially during the summer when there was this, like overt activism going on where they're breaking windows. There was this one video I saw of all these white people were pledging. Like they had their hands up pledging like and they were repeating after this person with a microphone. It was a black person and like it was basically like repeat after me. I whatever whatever promise to look you know, they were making a pledge to to be anti-racist, I guess you could say. But it was all said in unison, and it felt like like something I would see at church. Like, where 
the preacher says something and you repeat after it or like at the end like all men kind of, it was weird but it was a religious uh fashion of thinking about it, of behaving in a way like so it doesn't really matter how secular you are you still think religiously about things and i'm okay with that because religion is kind of what brought humans to cooperate in mass numbers you know we we learned how to tell stories to each other fictions we learned how to create fictions pigs cannot tell fictions to one another they can maybe deceive one another there's plenty of evidence that mammals can trick one another for sure but they can't tell stories you know you you could have a deer talking to another deer saying things like hey did you don't go down by the river because there's a lion who will probably eat you if you go down there like mammals they can say things like that to each other obviously not in those words but they can communicate danger to one another and stuff like that but a human we can say things like hey that lion down by the river he's your guardian angel and if you pray to him you will have all the blueberries you ever could ask for when you die go to heaven you know we're the only mammals that can do that and and we'll be convinced by that story so religion has had a huge impact on the way we cooperate as a society and the same goes for capitalism the same goes for any sort of system um because they all they all have a set of ethics and values to follow and and there's promise for for goods if you stick to it and if you go against it there's consequences every system has that and so it's it's a religion it's an ideology it's 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 quite fascinating yeah so hard to drink whenever I talk. Oh man, I'm sorry. If you don't like burping, I, I apologize, but it's a drunk cast. People are drinking, you should expect belching to take place. Where was I going with this? Why was I mentioning? Man, damn it, did I go on a tangent? And I just completely forgot what I was talking about. Ooh, there we go. Um, man, my mustache hairs, they like curl upward into my nostrils and make it itchy. Uh, God damn it, what was I talking about? So basically that, what I just said earlier, like two minutes ago about religion and being a big impact. I got that book, I got that idea from Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. He makes a very compelling argument about that and I agree wholeheartedly with him and he himself doesn't believe in God but he knows how effective thinking in that way is and he and just because it's a 
just because the stories are fake, just because it's a fiction, it doesn't make it automatically bad, you know? So that's something to, to distinguish. Like, just because I'm pointing out that it's all made up, I'm not necessarily criticizing it. I'm just pointing out that's just what it is. But it, it, we came a long way because of it. But now the question is, at this point, how necessary is it? How necessary is it to, to stick with all this? And in, in Yuval's second book, Homo Deus, he sort of makes the argument that the next religion that will probably rule over every other way of thinking will be, uh, ah, damn it, what do you call it? Data, yeah, dataism. That's what it is. Dataism. Where once we go further into technology, the data will dictate our values, our behaviors, because the data knows us better than we know ourselves. And we sort of know that, like, we're figuring that out now with Facebook and Twitter. You have these algorithms that track your online behavior. And you get sent ads, and as you start deciding like which ads you click on the most and which ads you ignore, the algorithm modifies itself and becomes more and more sophisticated to cater to who you are. And, and it may get to a point where, you know, the data, like, you, you instead of, like, praying to God... And asking him, like, what should I do? And it's weird how, you know, like, people do that. And, like, they get an answer. But, like, that was you. You gave yourself that answer, you know? But anyway. But instead of doing that, you ask the data what you should do. And the data will give you a very close to perfect answer as the algorithms improve over time. And it's kind of scary, honestly, to think about. Because imagine if Hitler had this data. Imagine what he could have done. You know, those who have the data own the future. So it's, it's, it's kind of scary to think about like who has control of this information and like what will they be able to do with it over time how much of our decision making now is influenced by data by algorithms and we we it's so subtle that we don't even realize it oh man it it, it is spooky to think about like how uncertain this future will become But you can almost guarantee that it's going in that direction. I don't think we'll pull back. It doesn't seem likely. More companies make more money. And it's, from a business perspective, it's counterintuitive to, to go back to the way things were like in the 90s or even in the 60s or something. No, it's just going to keep moving forward. And... I think 
it feels like the ultimate goal for humans is to just make life simpler and simpler. You know? I mean, there is an argument, like, humans need to be productive in order to have a fulfilled life and things. But at the same time, the, like, entrepreneurship, their goal is to make shit easy for you. And that's why you buy their products, because it makes your life easier. Which, in turn, makes your life less productive. You know, you you can take more shortcuts to get to the answer. So we're in this pickle right now where, yes, we can kind of all agree that you do need things going on in your life to be fulfilled, to strive for happiness. Maybe, maybe that's the wrong thing to strive for, but striving for fulfillment. That's kind of what the thing is. You know, you're not always happy when you have a kid, but you're definitely more fulfilled being responsible for a child. Uh, like, that's innate in humans. But at the same time, we, we encourage companies to make our lives easier. It, it, yeah. I, so it, it's... it's 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 crazy like how far technology has come but how behind our biology is on this technology that's the issue um our technology is advancing faster than humans are evolving that's the problem and yeah that's what scares me that's what scares a lot of people and that's kind of the argument for, like, I don't know if humans will survive forever. Most species to ever exist on the planet have gone extinct. Like, in the 90 percentile of all species are gone. And humans. Like, before we were homo sapiens. Our ancestors were on here for millions of years. Humans, like, I don't think we've gone past 200,000. Like, we are still infants in terms of evolution. And birds, they've been around since the dinosaur days. But humans, we, we're just, we just got here. And... We're, we're pretty damn close to having, you know, there's been a lot of close calls throughout history. But it's hard to tell if it's getting better or worse. Like we're in a weird place right now. Obviously, I'm, I'm a 20-year-old something, and I don't have as much wisdom as I probably think I do. But my gut tells me something, you know. I have a feeling that I can't exactly put in concise words, but my gut is uncomfortable with this topic. Hopefully, hopefully I've reached a threshold where my generation can download their their consciousness into a computer. Come on, Elon Musk. Help it out, baby.
I hope, I hope we're there, like, within the next 60 years or something. If not, then fuck. Damn it. You know, it feels like we're at this time where, ah, we just missed it, you know. We just missed the, the, the deadline. But who knows, honestly. Maybe the next Einstein will be born in 10 years from now. We'll see. We shall see. I've done over an hour of this. And I only, I, it feels like I'm nowhere near done. Once I stop having things to talk about, then I'll, I'll stop. I think this is officially my longest podcast. It's hard to tell. I can't remember. I, one of them I did over an hour. But I think I stopped pretty close to an hour. It's 11 right now? Holy shit, balls. I know I have some texts waiting on me. I'm eager to check them. But no, I won't. I won't do it. I won't do it for you, baby. Uh, man, what else can we discuss? I doubt most people make it past 20 minutes of my podcast. That's probably the case with most podcasts. Most people are kind of just checking it out. Like, is this worth listening to for the next hour? Probably not. But if you've made it this far, kudos, baby. Look at my balls. I'm just trying to see, like, whoever heard that, tell me. And I'll know you're committed to this podcast. That's the secret word. If you made it this far. It is lick my balls. But please do. I'm deprived, man. I have been very, I'm not going to say lonely, but I've, I have been alone, you know, since moving here. That's just a fact. I wouldn't say lonely, though. I haven't been lonely. Ooh, that was a good one, right? Uh... But I have been alone for sure. I, I, I rarely talk to people these days. And sometimes it, it does get to me a little bit. But I do have... I, I, I've never known myself more than I, I know myself now. I have had some really memorable moments with myself. Uh, since moving to Utah. Like, I, I have had legit moments where I broke down and cried. Not because I'm lonely, but because I had a moment with myself where I, I had a better understanding of who I was. And it was like a, an epiphany. And the only way to, like, complete it was to just cry and not fight it. Just allow yourself to just ball like a baby and that's what I did and it was wonderful I was so happy when it was over too but you gotta have those moments you gotta give yourself those moments especially with guys like we're, we're always it's, become, it's becoming less so as the years go by but my generation still like we're still dealing with Issues like that, like being encouraged to 
to keep it in, you know, not let it out. You're not a man if you if you let it out. But that's that's all bullshit. It most <sighs> growing up, I would always hear that shit, but it was from people I never respected, like people who barely had a, a high school education, and they're giving you advice on how to be a man. Like, come on, fuck off. I I never appreciated that. Like like you can easily look at someone's life and just be like, what? Who are you to give advice? And I guess a lot of people think that about me for sure. I I I definitely give advice on this podcast. But it's 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 advice that I try to follow. You know, it's not something that I hear. Well, it is something that I hear, but I adopt for the most part. I don't I don't doubt that there's a few things that I've told other people to do, but I never did it myself. But I, I try to be very careful with that. I really do, honestly. But there's people who they'll like listen to Joel Olstein on Sunday morning and like, oh yeah, I heard this thing or like, oh okay, sure. But you're not doing any of that. That scares me sometimes, like uh, I know so many people like in their sixties and seventies who it feels like in my head they just never figured it out. And when I say it, like they just never figured it out, it's like the just the awakening. You know, some people go through their whole life never really having a realization about something. That that scares me. I'm trying to, like, have as many as I can in my life. The problem, like, the, the biggest issue, the biggest reason people are resistant to having these awakenings is because it's uncomfortable. You have You have some really... Sometimes unpleasant moments, and that's kind of what it was when I was crying. <laughs> what I did when I mentioned earlier about how I just cried, like the thought, it made me feel bad, and I cried because of it. But I was just a little closer to to being okay with it after I let myself cry, and it was it was a, an incident about when I was young, you know, it's, it's shit that, like, it's stuff that you shouldn't really beat yourself up for, like, you're a kid, but it's things that still stick with you, you can't really, it's hard to control that aspect, or you did, you did something as a kid, and you feel, it just, you feel bad about it, you think, like, oh, 20 years later, you're, you're, you're still that that kid, you know, you like you still remember it how you remembered it as a kid, and it uh, it eats at you, and it shouldn't, but it does. Is you can't really help it. But the best thing you can do is to confront it, talk about it, and try like attempt to get past it. I don't think closure should be something you strive for, but just acknowledging it, 
not ignoring it. You know, if there's something in your life that when it comes up, you immediately try to block it out, that is exactly the thing you need to focus more on. That's the best indicator. As soon as you catch something that you're trying to ignore, trying to just forget about, that is precisely the thing you need to think more about. That's And that's the best method to catch it. Like, oh, am I trying to ignore this? Okay, let's... Let's not. Let's not ignore this. Let's embrace it. Let's make this the prime focus of my thought right now. And that's something I, I definitely do. That's advice that I give, that I wholeheartedly uh, practice. And I'm a better person because of it. I still got issues, obviously. That's, that's something, too, that I'm... I'm I, I, it's something I realize later than I, than I wish I had, but it also, I think it's earlier than most people realize. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it and tell me if you agree. Uh, most people go through life, pretty much everyone, not most people, everyone goes through life, never completely getting their shit together, you know? Like, five years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 40 and I just got it all figured out or something. No, you're going to be in your 80s and you're still going to be fucking up. You're, you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have flaws that you don't like about yourself well into your 80s. Uh, but hopefully at that point, you stop giving a shit and it sort of just kind of fades out into being an issue for you. But you're still going to have those flaws some of them you'll be able to get the kinks out but there's just some things that are like embedded in the root of your being that you're never going to shake it's just who you are and the more you try to fix it the worse it's going to manifest in a negative way and probably the best thing you can do is to figure out what are those things you're never going to be able to fix. It's just who it's just your being. It's your inside layer. You can probably fix a few outside layers, like maybe some bad habits of 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 some sort, but there's just certain behaviors that are just you. And maybe they're criticized more often than other things. God dang it, my screensaver's on and I can't get it back to normal. But anyway, there's maybe a few things that you you absolutely cannot fix. And your job should be to figure out what those things are and learn how to embrace it. Learn how to use it to your advantage. That's kind of what Carl Jung emphasizes on. And I agree. When you have, the more you ignore it, the, the worse it manifests in the wrong way. But you can learn to channel it and make it be your buddy. That's kind of what I took from the movie The Babadook. It's like a horror movie. But son of a bitch. I'm going to close. Sorry about that. I, I, I think I fixed it. Yeah, it's fixed. Um, but yeah, what I was just talking about. Uh, learn how to channel your dark side. And don't ignore it. 
don't ignore your dark side. Your, your, your dark side will either grow and overshadow your bright side. I guess that's one way to put it. Or you can have the yin-yang and balance your dark side with your bright side and make it a part of who you are. I mean, it is who you are, but accept it. Don't hide it. Don't attempt to hide it. Freaking put it out in the front row, man, and just be that person. And, you know, that's one thing I'm, I'm trying to work on is shame. Having less of it. You know, a lot of shame comes from cultural stigmatization. You know, like everyone, it's this inter-agreement. How would you call it? Intercultural agreement. Everyone says, yeah, this is bad. And it's something I do. And like, ah. Oh, well, it's who I am. I, I can't help it. And I can't hide it either. So I got to embrace it. I don't have, I don't have, like, shunning qualities, but, you know, if, if someone's a pedophile, that, that's a hard argument to make, honestly. If you're a pedophile and you can't help it, you know, that's, that's some, that's a good example. I always, I always use pedophiles as examples for topics like this, because it's, it's such an, it's a, it's an effective example. Because, obviously, it's, one of the worst things you could be. It's one of the worst impulses you could have is the urge to fuck young kids. Um, but you can't help the fact that you have that urge. You could probably help the fact whether you act on it or not. But to have the urge... God damn, I hate these pop. cancel but to have the urge is something you can't really control no one chooses that oh you know what i feel good today i'm living my whole life married and happy and living a normal life but i think i'm gonna fuck kids now you know like you, that doesn't happen if you have the urge to fuck kids you've always had that urge and but if you're someone obviously i'm not it's not something you should embrace. Well, you should embrace the fact that you can't change it. But obviously don't embrace acting on it. Obviously it's something that you, you can't help, but also you can't act on either. Obviously. But it, I think it is important to give people like that room to admit that they have these issues. But I think... I think pedophilia would be less of an issue if you gave pedophiles room to talk about it in the open and less stigmatized. I think the fact that it is so taboo, like so dangerous to talk about, if you are one, the, the problem manifests and the actions take place more often. I think it would be a safer world for children and people in general if 
people were able to talk about this openly. And we can all acknowledge that acting on it, you're, you're going to have severe consequences for acting on it. But allowing them to just talk about it and how can, what can we do to help you channel this, this issue? I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's, I think any, like, we just need the conversation. The conversation needs to happen. I'm a big advocate for, man, for hard conversations like this. It's so important. It's one of those things, too, like, where the obvious answer feels like, fuck that. They all just need to go. They just need to exterminate them and stuff. And no, you can't do that. Shit. It's usually pro-lifers who would probably advocate for that. But you can't just eliminate a life because of their circumstances. Ooh. I mean, shit. I mean, you you kind of have to at some point. Like if you're Ted Bundy, you gotta you gotta get rid of him. I'm like I'm sorry that whatever happened to you as a kid, whether this was just a genetic accident or you just had the right timing to where some you saw someone get murdered during your entering puberty stage and now you're a serial killer. Whatever the case is, we can't have you in society. Like, I do have sympathy for the fact that you can't help this urge, but you can't continue killing people either. That's not good. <laughs> so at some point, you, you kind of do need to draw the line. With pedophilia, that, that's a different one. That's a strange one, too, because, like, it's almost worse than being a serial killer. Right? I mean, you're not killing anyone, but you're fucking kids. It's, it's, a, strange, it's a strange thing. You're not taking a life but you are you are tainting the future of a child by having sex with it with them but there's just something more disturbing about that than dealing with a serial killer i guess because a serial killer is more straightforward like you you keep taking lives we're taking your life but a pedophile it's it's different you know first of all I feel like more people would have an urge to kill someone than to fuck a kid. So to some extent, maybe it's easier to empathize with a serial killer. Because they're, they're, it seems like they, they're more common in society. So we're, we're, most of us are closer. I'm not saying we're going to become a serial killer, but most of us are on... If we were to either become a serial killer or a pedophile, we're probably more likely to murder somebody than to fuck a kid. I think that's, if you're talking about probability, that's probably it. So maybe that's the reason why it's easier to talk about like serial killers in this sense than pedophiles, because it seems just more rare to deal with. I don't know. But it's definitely a conversation that should take place. You know, how, how can we deal with this in a humane way? Maybe we can make some, some artificial children. 
some fucking sex toy boy. Oh God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, you know, if that if that helps, maybe. Yeah, you know, I'd hate to be the guy manufacturing these things, but if that makes society safer, why not? You know, we got to have something for them. I I imagine. At the very least, a conversation to give them. Let's just let them talk about it. it it's, man. Man, if I was president, I that'd be like a big focus. Not pedophilia, but like, in general, the, the encouragement of talking about things that are uncomfortable. Ooh. I'm sure you, you become more hostile with something like this when you actually have a kid. Luckily, I don't have a kid, so it, I can sort of talk about it in a more relaxed way. I don't know anyone who's been raped. It's like, at least didn't come out with it. But, honestly, I think I'm going to be done after this second beer. I gotta pee. I forgot the fact that you pee a lot when you drink. And I don't want to just take a pee break while... Well, you know what? Maybe I could. I can just pause it and come back to it. And that's what I'm gonna do right now. Take a pee break. Pausing now. <laughs>